The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a great show tonight. Of course, we're leading up to the second jewel of the Triple Crown. It will be the Preakness Stakes, California Chrome got a big target on his back. We'll be talking more about that. Uh, coming up uh, as our first guest this evening, uh, a, a gentleman that has won the Preakness Stakes not once but twice, and that is a multiple Eclipse Award winning jockey, Chris McCarron. I had a great time with him on Saturday. He came up to Belterra Park and uh, we hung out together for the whole day. It was uh, really exciting. As the first race went off, he checked the, the program and said, hey, one of my kids is in there. As you know, he is the uh, top teacher at the North American Racing Academy. And it was uh, Ben Creed who was on a 10 to 1 morning line shot. Uh, ben comes from off the pace, nails him at the wire. So Chris and I go jogging down there, something I don't do too often, and made it just in time to get in the winner's circle picture it was great but uh, just a, a fantastic day uh, hanging out with chris mccarran and reminiscing about uh, so many of the great horses and races he was involved in we'll do that again tonight and get his read on uh, california chrome and the preakness stakes also with us one of our uh, most popular guests rich ing of course uh, he wrote handicapping for dummies and uh He's also a writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal and the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, we're going to handicap the Preakness, the Black Eyed Susan Stakes, and the Pimlico Specials. So a very special day on Saturday in Baltimore for the uh, Preakness Stakes. Remember, if you're going to be going to the races, which would be a great thing, I wish I could and get some of those Maryland crab cakes, or if you're going to go to a local track or simulcasting center, get there early because first post, if you want to play the whole card, is at 1045. Okay, we've got some freebies for you here at Winning Ponies. We've got a Preakness contest. The Derby contest was a lot of fun. It's free. Sign up. You have no obligation. Uh, you you want to you pick the, the top four, and uh, the winner will get 150 in cash. Second place, you'll get 50 winning credits towards uh, Easy Win forms or any other products on Winning Ponies. Third place, 25 winning credits. Uh, fourth and fifth, uh, I now work with uh, Curtis Cody from Cody Photography. He's got a beautiful full-color calendar. I know we're a few months into the year, but you're going to want this calendar because at the end of the year, you're going to want to cut it up and frame some of the photos in it. And uh, if you want a Winning Ponies ball cap, give us the final time of the mile and 316th Preakness Stakes. As you know, the time was adjusted last year. Secretariat now has the record 152 and 2. 
Uh, we'll see how the track is playing. I understand the weather is supposed to be uh, pretty decent there. So uh, that, that's a, pretty much uh, the, the lineup of the show. And don't forget the, uh, the Winning Ponies contest. Well, uh, best wishes go out to Rafael Bayerano, who, uh, who is going to be out for an undetermined amount of time after sustaining breaks to both his collarbone, a rib, both of his shoulder blades in a one-horse spill at Santa Anita on Saturday. Um, they really are unsure about his recovery period. Uh, of course, uh, Bayerano started out at a little old track called River Downs in Cincinnati. He's now 32 years old. He's won 18 riding titles at Del Mar, Hollywood Park, and Santa Anita. Uh, he won the Santa Anita Winter Spring Meet, uh, recording 93 wins. Joe Talamo is second with 54. This kid has so much talent. Uh, he's, he's just unbelievable and a, and a real, real uh, gentleman. So, uh, Rafael Bayerano, we wish him nothing but the best. Uh, we hope he comes back 100%. Uh, through Saturday, he ranked fifth in the nation in money earnings with $4.9 million. Well, nobody's going to be picking up his mounts at Santa Anita today. Santa Anita canceled a live racing due to the heat. Uh, they project a record-breaking 108 degrees. And, uh, you know, as, as stated by Santa Anita President Tom Lutt, that in consultation with all the stakeholders, the owners of California, the thoroughbred trainers, the jockeys guild, they just fe- felt it was best to cancel Thursday and uh, resume racing as scheduled on Friday. I wish where I lived I had that problem of it being too hot. Drop down into the 40s today. Now, uh, of course, um, you always have to have a little controversy around a big race. California Chrome Camp is saying, hey, he's not sick. Uh, the, the connections have said that uh, there's just rumors uh, that he became ill this morning. Uh, Alan Sherman, who's the assistant to his uh, dad, Art, said he does have a small blister in his throat, but blood work and a scope reveal it to be a minor issue with no further complications likely. As a matter of fact, the Colt had this blister before the Kentucky Derby, and it went away, but it came back. Uh, what, what happens is he, the horse will cough. He said he coughed about four times. They got him checked out right away. The blister is not going to affect him at all, they say, uh, and the vets say he's clear. So if you're one of the ones that made California Chrome odds on in the Preakness, as he probably will. Uh, they say not to worry. He's being treated with a glycerin throat wash uh, to coat that irritated area. So uh, hopefully we uh, we wish him nothing but the best. Of course, the, the horse I liked with him in the Kentucky Derby, Candy Boy, who just had a nightmare trip. I was trying to figure out. I've got great odds on him. Uh, 16 to 1, I thought. And all of a sudden, I looked up and he was nine to one. A million dollars was placed on him through an offshore account wagering hub based on the Isle of Man. I couldn't believe my odds I took that hit. So somebody dropped a million dollars on him. I'm sure they were much more disappointed than I when he finished 13th of 19 after all the trouble uh, that he was in. So a million dollar bet drives the odds down. If uh, you can't be near. A, uh, a track, uh, a parlor, or uh, Pimlico this week. You can go to the Horse Racing Radio Network. They're going to be at Pimlico. Uh, they're going to be uh, covering on Friday the Black Eyed Susan and the Pimlico Special from 4 to 6. And on Saturday, uh, they're going to host a Preakness Stakes edition of their uh, weekly talk show, the Equine Forum, from 8 to 10 in the morning. And then they're going to come back Saturday afternoon with a full 
day coverage. Uh, you can go to the HRRN website if you can't pick it up on Sirius 93 or XM 208. So if you can't get to the racing, hopefully they will uh, be bringing the racing to you. Okay, concerning the the Preakness, let's take a look at the field. Again, I'll be talking to Chris McCarron and we'll be talking to uh, Rich Ng as far as handicapping the race. But uh, the post positions were drawn late yesterday. Let's take a quick look. You've got uh, Illinois Derby winner Dynamic Impact going off at 12 to 1. General Arod gets Javier Castellano back in the saddle. You may recall he just missed by a head to Wildcat Red in the Fountain Youth while getting a 101 buyer. General Arod at 15 to 1. This comes as a surprise. Three to five, California Chrome. I don't think Secretariat was odds on going in the Preakness, but they have already installed him the three to five odds on favorite. Uh, coming uh, just to the outside of him will be Ring Weekend, uh, the horse who ran second in the uh, Calder Derby to our caravan and won the Grade Two Tampa Bay Derby in wire to wire fashion. Ring Weekend at twenty to one, and then the mystery horse Bayern. You may recall uh, this horse in the Derby trial got into some bumping with embellishing Bob and was brought down from first. Rosie Napravnik was in the saddle that day. We'll be back in the saddle on Saturday, but trainer Bob Baffert elected to take the blinkers off. So much for that experience. So uh, uh, Rosie up on Bayern, and they are currently 10-1. to 1. Long shot lady, it's Rhea Antonio, who keeps going through trainers, tracks, and, and distances. Uh, Tom Amos now trains Rhea Antonio, uh, and Right now listed at 30 to 1. Kid Cruz, kind of a buzz horse, coming off two straight wins, though they were uh, races uh, in the Maryland area, but has a win over the Pimlico Strip. The Frederico Tessio in his last start, the son of Lemon Drop Kid, right now at 20 to 1. Social Inclusion, a horse who you couldn't buy for 8 million after his first two wins. Uh, will come in this race. Of course, uh, he, they had that offer for him, and uh, the owner turned it down, wanted to run him in the Wood Memorial, did, uh, chased the pace, and ended up running third to Wicked Strong. So uh, social inclusion right now. Looks like he's the second favorite at 5-1. to one. And then you've got a horse we didn't think was going to be in there. Wes Ward's going to put Pablo Del Monte third in the Bluegrass Stakes uh, last out. He's 20-1. to one. And... Uh, then on the outside, it's Ride on Curlin at 10 to 1. A lot of people feeling that you can maybe throw his derby race out. Uh, he was 19th of 19th at the half mile pole. I think uh, Calvin Burrell was uh, trying to pull off another mine that bird miracle. Uh, Ride on Curlin ended up running seventh. We do have a rider change. Joel Rosario will ride him in the Preakness Stakes. So uh, that that's a, a quick look at uh, the second jewel of racing's triple crown. Uh, looking forward to talking to both of our guests on that. I guess that uh, uh, California Chrome has settled in well and is, is doing uh, just fine. Also, don't forget at Pimlico there will be the Lady Legends race, um, and the, the jockeys uh, will race for uh, the Legends for the Cure. Of course, uh, 
breast cancer awareness. It's always been a good race. They say, though, that this is going to be the, the last time. So I'll be pulling for my, for my friend uh, PJ Cooksey in there. Uh, she always gets fit this time of year, starts galloping horses around Keeneland, and uh, does her best to, to compete in this race. Always enjoys it. She's a great ambassador of the sport. She's also a cancer survivor herself. Um, week 10 of the 2014 NTRA Top Thoroughbred Poll, uh, puts uh, older horses, Wise Dan on top uh, over Palace Malice, Game on Dude. Then they got California Chrome in fourth, and Leah is fifth. Of course, in the three-year-old division, it was a romp. Uh, California Chrome over the lady, untappable. Danza in third, Wicked Strong fourth, and Commanding Curve in fifth. Uh, let's go back and uh, look at uh, some of the races we uh, handicapped last week. And it was the horse I like, Tonalist, getting home on top in the Peter Pan Stakes, a race that uh, has been used often as a springboard. And uh, Chris will have to refresh my memory, but I think Woody Stevens, I know he used this race a lot. I think he used it for Danzig Connection. And I know that uh, Chris came a winner in the Belmont Stakes aboard Danzig Connection. I'm pretty sure that his prep was in the Peter Pan. Nonetheless, Tonalist, another uh, talented Offspring of Tappet uh, got the job done in in the in the Peter Pan Stakes and in the Manowar Stakes. It was uh, a wire to wire victory. Shug McGahee getting the job done with the horse I liked at three to one. Imagining a very very close race, just held on by three quarters of a length. Well, uh, that's pretty much a look at uh, the news of what's happening this week. Very much looking forward to spending some time with our next guest, multiple Eclipse Award winner and Hall of Famer. Chris McCarron's going to be with us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, most importantly with us now is multiple Eclipse Award winning rider Chris McCarron. He won his first Eclipse as an apprentice jockey, and then he was the outstanding jockey in 1980. And in 1989, he got perhaps the highest laurel of his career where he's inducted into Racing's Hall of Fame. I won't spend any more time reading his resume because this is only an hour-long show. Chris McCarron, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it was uh, great seeing you up up, up in uh, Cincinnati the other day. Uh, you, I, I will say, uh, if anybody ever needs somebody to work a crowd, I'll give you Chris McCarron's uh, phone number because you were just fantastic with the public, specifically that last lady that I thought would never leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, my dad was uh, a fantastic um, you know, public speaker, and he just enjoyed engaging with crowds and stuff and um and i do apologize i've had a couple of beers i just left a fundraiser for a gentleman named jerry carwood who lost eight horses in, in a barn fire that was uh you probably read about john yeah. ward's barn at behind rice road there uh burning down last week and and yeah. it was a very tragic event uh but anyway i don't i i i'm sorry to turn the turn the conversation sour but um, lots of lots of hopes and prayers go out for Jerry Carwood and and um, and his his family and and um, it's a it was a tough event. Well, you know, Chris, you know, take this in the right way. You're one of those old school guys. Back when you were riding, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like people kind of looked out for one another a little bit more than they do now in the modern era where it's a little more of a me era. Uh, back then, uh, I'm, I'm sure even out on the track, you guys looked out for each other. We did. And you know what, John, you're right. Uh, it, it is old school, and I'm so proud of my Irish heritage because this event was held at a pub downtown Lexington, and there were a plethora of Irish folks that gathered around this guy to help him out. Um, he's got nothing right now, you know, and um, nothing but friends and, and hope and prayers. So um, he's a young trainer. He's in, in his uh, mid-30s and just starting out. And uh, anyway, it was a very touching, very touching event. And you're right, John. Um, I wish the society today would go back to, you know, everyone looking out for one one another, yeah. Well, you talk about old school. What I found out over the weekend was uh, that you've had a chance to, to know, know a gentleman who's kind of flown under the radar a little bit, but he's certainly in the spotlight right now. He was once a jockey himself. He cared for uh, swaps, and now he cares for a horse by the name of California Crone. Art Sherman, what kind of guys he like to be around? Art is wonderful, John. You would you would love to be around him. You'd love to spend an hour with him just to shoot the breeze and find out uh, what makes him tick. He's a very very good horseman, as you can tell by the way he's handled California Chrome. And his son Alan is a good horseman as well. And that horse is very well taken care of, and, and he's going to be really tough to beat on Saturday. 
Yeah, we, we discussed that. We discussed that a little bit. He just seems like he's handling it so well. Um, but he, he does. He, he's got a really solid, right now he's batting 33% for the year. Of course, California Chrome uh, has helped that. But this is without a doubt uh, the biggest horse uh, he's, he's ever had. Well, what do you think it's like for, for a gentleman like him, now 77 years old, and he's at the top of his game? How great is that? How great is that? I mean, to have someone, <clears throat> excuse me, toil and and labor and um, and just work work his butt off all these years and finally get to the pinnacle, win the Kentucky Derby, which is the biggest prize of all. Uh, and God bless Art Sherman because he has he deserves it. He just flat out deserves it. He's worked so hard. He's raised a wonderful family. His sons, Alan and Steve, are fantastic people. His wife's a wonderful lady. And the owners of this horse invested yeah. next to nothing compared to what other derby winners have, have uh, invested. And it's just an unbelievable story. Just, I'm, I got goosebumps right now. I got, I got goosebumps. <laughs> I know. I mean, to to me, I, I think Hollywood agents are going to be tripping over themselves uh, because you've got, you've got these blue collar guys with a twenty five hundred dollars stud. That that the guy has a dream and he wakes up. The horse has four white socks and a blaze. Says he's going to win the Kentucky Derby. He does. Uh, you know, Victor Espinosa for a guy that won the Kentucky Derby. Another one that flies way under the radar. Uh, grew grew up dirt poor outside of Mexico City on a goat farm. He was afraid of horses at first, but finally he had to make money, and his brother Jose talked him into riding. Um, he, he's a very interesting story, too. So between the, the, uh, the owners, the trainer, and the jockey, I think this thing's a movie in the making. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and how about them turning down $6 million for 51% of the horse? That, yeah. that makes the horse worth thirteen five, dollars <laughs> At least $12 million. And um, it's just... Incredible, and I'm sure those people could use the money. They'd be able to just do whatever they want for the rest of their life. Uh, but uh, they said, you know what? We've been wanting this for a long time, and um, who, who's going to beat us? That's what, that's what they're saying. Who's going to beat us? Well, to be honest with you, Chris, I, I don't see anybody in there on Saturday that's going to. But as you know, uh, the, the Belmont's a whole nother race. I, I wanted to ask you, as somebody that, that has won uh, the Derby twice on Ali Sheba and Gopher Gin, uh, the Preakness twice on Ali Sheba and Pine Bluff, and uh, the, the Belmont on Danzy Connection and uh, Touch Gold uh, beating the Derby winner, um, is there a way you emotionally a- approach these races? Is there a specific race that's, that's the hardest to ride in? Was it perhaps the pressure of going for the Triple Crown with Ali Sheba, or was it, was it the pressure of trying to win the Preakness to get to it, a triple crown. Uh, you one of the rare people in this world, and you could probably count them on two hands, uh, that have not only won both the races, but have just had the chance to compete in them. Chris, are you with me? Did I lose Chris? <laughs> okay. Well, in, in the meantime, again, um, 
let, let me point out the, the, the specific races. Uh, yeah, I did talk about uh, Ali Shiva, of course, in 87, won both the Derby and the Preakness, but couldn't uh, get past bet twice in that Belmont Stakes. And again, he wrote for uh, Woody Stevens on Danzig Connection in 86, taking the Belmont. Touch Gold, ooh, beat Silver Charm in that one, breaking up his, his hopes. And again, uh, the one horse probably a lot of people don't remember uh, is Pine Bluff. Uh, Chris won in uh, 1992 uh, the, the Preakness on Pine Bluff, and uh, I just had a chance to go through some of the uh, some of the racing greats that Chris rode, and he actually rode John Henry in his last 14 races, uh, starting with the, at Hollywood Park, the, the American Handicap, and uh, just having some outstanding races as you know john henry wasn't a, a horse that liked to really run away from him so uh chris just did a great job at, at, at harnessing his speed and getting that that little gelding to go the way he had to go as you know he's just an outstanding turf horse trained by ron McAnally, but uh it just had to be a real blessing uh, to be able to uh, ride John Henry uh, in his in his last 14 races, uh, and then of course uh, Ali Sheba goes unsaid. Uh, well, what what a great horse uh, he was, and I think we've got Chris back with us. Chris, are you here? Yes, I'm here, John. Sorry about that. Oh, my phone, that- my cell phone drops the call there. That's okay. I was just filling in the gaps, uh, just doing my homework on you. You know, the, the other day I talked so much just to remind people that maybe weren't too familiar with you about Ali Sheba, but I, I, was, I was just bringing up the, the great John Henry. You, you were blessed to ride him in his last 14 races, and you sure didn't disappoint too often. How, how did you harness his? It looked like he had, a, obviously, a, a good flight of foot. He was a little bitty guy. I think they called him a daisy clipper. Last 14 races for John Henry. What was that like? Oh, it was so exciting, John. Just uh, indescribable. That horse was incredibly professional on the racetrack. In the barn, he was a tough son of a gun. He would bite, kick, step on you. Um, You know, that was his domain, and um, he didn't want anybody interrupting his peace time. When he (laughs) was in the barn, he wanted to rest. But the other domain that he possessed was the racetrack. And he was a monster. I'm telling you what, he wanted to win so badly. Every single time he ran, he wanted to win. And he was just an incredibly determined warrior. And I was very fortunate to be able to ride him a bunch of times. Well, in those 14 races, Chris, you were only off the board twice with him. Uh, You guys had to fit like a hand in a glove. Well, John, 17 different jockeys rode John in his career. And I think, if I remember correctly, looking at the past performances, I think 15 different jockeys won on him. <laughs> so he was, he, was not that, he was not that difficult to ride as far as when, you know, when I got the mount on him. He was eight years old. So I don't know what he was like when he was a two- and three-year-old, but when he was... Um, when he was Along in the tooth, as they say, by the time I got the mount on him, he was very straightforward, and um, all you had to do was stay out of his way. <laughs> well, obviously, you did that with much success. Also, which most success, uh, you've headed up uh, the North American Racing Academy in, in Lexington, Kentucky. I've got a couple minutes left, Chris. Uh, you want to just describe to our audience uh, what NARA is all about, how they can potentially get involved, and, and what it is you do on a daily basis. 
Well, I teach uh, young men and women how to ride thoroughbreds and how to work around them, not just ride them, but work, work around them on the ground as well. And um, a few years ago, we started a second pathway called the Horseman's Pathway, which uh, teaches kids how to um, work around thoroughbreds basically on the ground. Uh, they become grooms and hopefully go on to become foremen and assistant trainers and maybe one day train horses. And uh, we started six years ago, seven years ago, 2006. So that's six years ago. And um, our graduates who are riding today have won close to 2,500 races and over $35 million in purse earnings. So I'm very proud of the kids that have come through the program and gone to be uh, to become very successful. Well, obviously, they've had a good teacher. They didn't just, uh, you know, learn that on their own uh, and... Uh, Anybody I know that has had any chance to work with you has nothing but but compliments on on the way you treat them. It doesn't matter uh, if they're a millionaire or a farrier. I, let me tell you, you got a lot of fans out there, Chris. Thank you, John. Now, who do you like in the Preakness? Well, who can I not like? I mean, I've fallen in love with California Chrome and his story. Uh, I really don't see anybody in there, you know, that, uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of speed, but the way that uh, Espinosa seems to be able to take this horse just off it, let the other ones go on, I think that's going to happen again at Pimlico. I think Art's done a great job at just taking it easy with him. He had him so sharp for the mile and a quarter derby. I don't think he has to do much with him for a mile and three sixteenths at, at Pimlico. That's right. He's trained him very well. He's he's taking it easy. He's just keeping the horse happy, sound, healthy, and fed well. And that's really the the key. Now, who can if he doesn't run his race, who's going to beat him? If he well, doesn't, if it he doesn't all depends on whether or not this social inclusion is the freak that some people think he is. I know that even Suge McGahey, when he dusted Honor Code, uh, gave that word to him. I don't know what happened in the trip up to New York and the Wood Memorial. You talk about people turning down money. This horse, uh, after his second race, the owners were offered $8 million and they turned it down. So, wow, yeah. Is he a freak? I don't know. Uh, Ride on Curlin had a nightmare trip uh, in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, they're going to switch jockeys here today. He could have an outside shot. Uh, the, the the jury's still out on Bayern, uh, the, the Baffert trainee. But uh, I think that the, the target is on California Chrome's back. And I think he gets this one. But then we're going to have to watch three weeks from now because you know how they lay in wait at the Belmont Stakes. That's right. That's right. Well, it's going to be a great race, and I'm going to have a big party here at my house. <laughs> okay. And now that I have your address, I'll post it online. No. Chris, thanks so much for, for, for being with us and for, for uh, leaving the fundraiser a little bit early to, to join us this evening. And then let me leave you with this. May you always have walls for the wind, a roof for the rain, a warm cup of tea by the fire, laughter to uh, cheer you, those you love near you, and all that your heart does desire. Uh, thanks, John. I appreciate that. And good luck, everybody out there. Thanks for listening. All right. Hall of Fame writer Chris McCarron with us. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and we come back. We're going to Las Vegas, and we're going to talk to my friend Rich Ng. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds 
Bart. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready. think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, one of our most popular guests and one of my favorite people, uh, Rich Ng, who's a writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal. He also uh, he pens some columns for the Daily Racing Forum, and of course, he's the man, the author of the book, Handicapping for Dummies, uh, still available. We'll tell you how to get a hold of Rich and get a hold of his book uh, at the uh, top of the hour. And with no further ado, I want to welcome Mr. Rich Ng. Rich, how are you doing? Hey, real good, John. It's uh, starting to get hot out here, and for those your listeners who've been to Las Vegas, they remember the, the triple-digit temperatures. Well, it was that hot in Los Angeles today, and it's going to be uh, that hot tomorrow. Once it turns to 100 uh, degrees, it'll be like that the rest of the summer. Well, we just reported that they actually canceled the, the races at Santa Anita today, uh, though they say they're supposed to get a little bit of a cool-down, and then Chris McCarron told us it's going to be 39 degrees in Lexington. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it's, it's the crazy world we live in. Well, you know, we're right in the middle of it. It's triple crown fever. First, let's rewind the clock a little bit. Um, what were your feelings uh, a few minutes prior to the horses going into the gate for the mile-and-a-quarter Kentucky Derby? Well, the way I had projected the race, I, I really thought there was a, a half a dozen horses who really needed the lead or be close to the lead to to do their best, and one of them was the favorite, California Chrome. So um, I had written in the Review Journal in my handicap of the race, I thought he was in a vulnerable position because there were so many horses that might gang up on him early. And then I'm watching the race, and when the first fraction went up, it was 23 and change. I said, okay, well, maybe they'll speed it up a little in the second quarter. And then when I saw 47 and change, I'm thinking to myself, well, the horses I like have no shot. <laughs> I basically picked all closers. And um, I'll give Victor Espinosa all the credit in the world because he really did a masterful job just positioning the horse, California Chrome, in third place. 
Uh, the horse ran very relaxed, and when he spurted to the lead at the top of the stretch, I mean, there was no catch in uh, that son of a gun. And uh, no, there wasn't. The and time. you know, uh, I have to, I have to admit, I, I had him uh, keyed on top and in, in, in several plays. I, I honestly will tell you, I had him with Candy Boy, who sad to say got his odds cut in about half with some guy from the Isle of Man dropping a million bucks on him. But he just had a nightmare trip. Not making excuses for my selection. There were more than one horse horse that had nightmare trips, and of course, uh, Ride On Curlin didn't have the best. Uh, he was uh, dead last at the half mile pole. I think Calvin Burrell was trying to pull a mind that bird with them and it didn't open up on the rail but uh california chrome a lot of people are talking about his final time and as you know you've heard many times time on, only matters when you're in jail and i was there at at uh, churchill not far from the finish line and the way he blew away from the track it looked to me I, i've got photos of espinoza just looking over his shoulder um i don't think that he was really taxed to get to the wire i think he knew he had a safe lead and he he just kind of cruised to the wire yeah i'm not worried as as far as a handicapper and a horse player about the final time. Uh, the way Espinosa rode the horse to the wire, he was very conservative. I mean, he eased up the last part of the race, and uh, that five-length lead uh, dropped down to uh, two lengths or less, but you know, he had the race in his pocket, and you have to be a veteran rider to really get away with something like that. But he was thinking ahead. He was thinking about trying to save some juice in the lemon, so uh, he eased up the last part. Yeah, you know, uh, I was with Chris McCarron uh, most of Saturday, and we were discussing uh, the time, and he said, hey, Ali Sheba over the last 25 years had like one of the five slowest times in the Kentucky Derby. And he said all he did from there was go on and win the Breeders' Cup Classic, win the Preakness, win the Haskell, you know. So uh, I, I guess you, you don't have to worry too much about your final time in the Derby. The fact that you were the best three-year-old on the first Saturday of May says enough about your talent, I think. Yeah, I think Sunday Silence was another horse who ran a very slow Kentucky Derby. He turned out to be a pretty good animal, too. Yeah, not bad at all. Well, it's got to be a dream story. I mean, when you've got these owners that are blue-collar guys that are turning down $6 million for half the horse, or a little over half, and then you've got Art Sherman, who's the Gallup Swaps, only his second time back at Churchill Downs. Um, and as you said, Victor Espinoza, who came from, from nowhere outside of uh, Mexico City, uh, it just it, it, there's so much there to get your teeth into. You can't help but root for these guys. It's like a Disney movie. It is a really good story. And, you know, when you look at the overall picture of horse racing and how owners really want to win the Kentucky Derby, invariably with the real expensive two-year-olds and the babies, uh, John, they end up going to people like Bob Baffert or, uh, you know, Todd Plutcher, or, you know, Wayne Lucas and Nick Zito, you know, people who have the huge reputation. But whenever you see someone like an Art Sherman or a, a Barkley Tag or a John Service or a Graham Motion, when the Kentucky Derby, it just shows you there's a lot of great horsemen out there, and it and they do a great job with horses that don't cost a million dollars, and you know they they get the full potential out of these animals, and it's it's an awful lot of fun when you see something like that happen because you know rooting for uh, Bob or Todd sometimes it's like rooting for the New York Yankees because <laughs> they get all the nice all their rich pedigrees, but when you see other trainers uh, you know win the Derby and win the big races, it shows there's a lot of great horsemen out there. Well, we, we've got a great storyline, but of course, the other storylines are going to be these horses that are going to take a shot at California Chrome. I thought he uh, drew a very favorable post position being in the three-hole. Um, 
you've got the dynamic impact who's got a little bit of heat coming in off the Illinois Derby. You've got this Bayern uh, who had trouble in the Derby trial but went wire to wire. Too bad that he bumped embellishing Bob. Uh, speaking of Bob, Bab Baffert's going to take the blinkers off of Bayern. That's a whole lot of bees in one sentence. Um, then you've got social inclusion, a, a horse that Shug McGee called a freak after he uh, thumped honor code in that allowance race. Earlier this year, came back, ran third in the Wood Memorial. A ride on Curlin, could have had a trouble trip in the Derby. And then you got the Philly Rhea Antonio, who, quite frankly, uh, I think she get back with the girls. I, I hope she doesn't uh, leave too many races out on the track. But nonetheless, there's other storylines underneath California Chrome. I probably left the horse or two that you like out of the conversation. Um, if you like them in the Preakness, uh, is there a way we can make some money underneath? Uh, certainly. I mean, if California Chrome is going to be three to five in the morning line, then they'll probably go off that price or less, actually, because he just looks like he towers over this field. But, you know, I'll throw out a horse that uh, I like an awful lot is uh, the number two horse, General A-Rod. Uh, he's 15 to one in the morning line. He really lost all chance in the, the derby uh, and the early part. And he was kind of taken care of by Joel Rosero the last part. And now uh, a new jockey takes over Javier Castellano, but he rode him in the out in the youth where he had a ding-dong battle with uh, Wildcat Red. Right. You know, this is the kind of horse who could who could run an Oxbow-type race like last year because he, he has ability, he has some speed, and uh, he should get good placement. Absolutely. I mean, uh, pretty much everybody that I've seen, I believe, looking at the, the PPs is, is double digits. As you know, the, the betting public will bring a, a, a horse or two down. But, uh, yeah, General A-Rod, definitely uh, a legit horse underneath. But I think you've got to go deeper to make any more money. Uh, on Rich Ng's ticket, give me one or two other horses we might see if you were making a try. Well, you know, I, I think that the two most dangerous closers to, to finish into the race, I, I almost guarantee that the Kid Cruz is going to be a wise guy horse, and uh, there's no chance in the world he's going to be 20 to 1. I keep hearing people saying his name is, uh, you know, winning the Tessio in a really visually impressive manner, and he's going to be gobbling up ground late. But, you know, another horse who certainly should be closing well is a ride on Curlin. You've talked about him, and he gets a rider switch to Joel Rosario. So, no, those two horses are going to come flying from the back, and if the pace is fast, which I would have to guarantee it's going to be quicker than 41 and 47 and change as it was in the Derby. So if the pace is quicker, then horses like this will have an opportunity to gain in the lane. So those are that's a 20 to one shot and a 10 to one shot right there. Uh, not not bad at all. So I really think that uh, you know. Opportunities abound for a big, uh, perhaps try or super, with all those double-digit horses underneath in, in, in this year's uh, Preakness Stakes. But uh, California Chrome will be the story. It'll be great for the sport if he gets the job done. Of course, as you know, Rich, they always say the biggest race in New York is the Preakness Stakes in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and I, John, have been in the business a long time, and the difference between a Belmont Stakes without a Triple Crown at stake and with a Triple Crown contender is absolute night and day. Well, they they did uh, put all their eggs in one basket because, as you know, they're going to have a great, great card there on Belmont Day. And, of course, they're going to have a great card here coming up uh, tomorrow at uh, mm-hmm. Pimlico with the, the Black-Eyed Susan and the Pimlico Special, uh, two races with a lot of history. So let's take a little bit of a break here, and uh, we'll come right back. We're talking with one of the country's top handicappers, Rich Ng, on Winning Ponies. 
Winning kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and which with me is... Uh, Rich Ng, and we are now going to take a look at the Black-Eyed Susan and the Pimlico Special. Of course, the Black-Eyed Susan with the Kentucky Oaks is to the Derby. The Black-Eyed Susan is to the Preakness. Uh, they'll go a mile and an eighth at Pimlico, and as we were talking off-air, uh, this might be the race where you bet your uh, your zip code, your phone number, your license plate. Uh, it, it's 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 a tough race to to find anybody to really get your teeth into. I mean, at least from my perspective, Rich. Yeah, the uh, horse that would have been like one to five in here would have been untappable if she had come over from the Kentucky Oaks. But she's getting the she's going to take the next step and skip this one. But this is a wide open betting race. In a lot of ways, that's that's a better chance to make money than you know than trying to key a one to five shot over a bunch of others. But, that, but I, I like a big price horse in this race, John. I love to hear those words, and I'm sure the listeners at Winning Ponies do, too. So please don't be shy. Uh, you know, we don't have enough listeners that we're going to hurt your odds, Rich. So tell us who you like. <laughs> well, the horse I like on top is the number nine horse, Fortune Pearl. And I mentioned Graham Motion because he had won a Kentucky Derby with Animal Kingdom. But uh, this is a horse, John. I, I, you know, when you kind of look between the lines, and I like to read the past performances from the bottom up, I mean, they were running this horse on the grass at Tampa and Gulfstream, and, you know, they had that one race where they came off the grass, the seven furlong race, and the horse ran a good second in the sprint, but they run first time on the dirt at Pimlico, and this horse absolutely exploded. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, you know, th- this this filly could have found her preferred surface, and some of these other ones are, are, are question marks. Some of these horses are they're all clustered about the same speed, and uh, this horse has a win at Pimlico, and... Twelve to one is a good price in my book. To try to upset the the apple cart. 
Well, given a quick glance over, over my daily racing form, PPs, Fortune Pearl is the only horse in the race that's had a race over the strip. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, a, a handicapping axiom that always works, is always worth using, is if a horse likes a certain racetrack and is running over it again. That's a plus. Well, it'll be very interesting. Uh, obviously, you've got some of the top jocks in there, uh, Johnny V, uh, Mike Smith, Javier Castellano, uh, Rosina Pravnik. Uh, so, uh, obviously, there's uh, some strong barns there, uh, trainers such as Owen Hardy, uh, Steve Asmussen, uh, Wes Ward, uh, Pletcher, I believe, has uh, more than one. Yeah, Stop Charging Maria and uh, Sloan Square. And Bill Mott, you got to respect anybody he puts it. He puts into a, a race. Uh, he's got a filly from the last crop, an AP Indy. Uh, I've named just about the whole field. Um, is there anybody that, uh, that you, you want to kind of maybe box up or, or put with your long shot, Fortune Pearl? Well, my top three in the race is, you know, Todd Pletcher, you mentioned, has uh, an uncoupled entry, and a lot of times you're better off ending the longer price one. And in that case, uh, I do like the eight, Sloan Square, who's a higher price than Stop Shopping uh, Maria. Uh, her race at Turfway was pretty good, and she had two huge dirt races at Gulfstream and Calder, so we don't know where her ceiling is. So I like the eight, Sloan Square, second. And then my third choice is the number five, Euphrosyne, I guess uh, that's close enough. But that Steve Asmussen, uh, uh, she won on disqualification in the Honeybee, but then kind of ran a kind of blah race in the fantasy. But I, I think she's capable of, of uh, moving forward here at a decent price. So that's the way I look at the race, 9, 8, and 5. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see what happens by the time the, the odds board stops because um, I just – and it's going to be a fun race to handicap. And for our listeners, I I hope the rich put us on a nice horse with Fortune Pearl. Again, grand motion, hard to throw anything that that class act throws out. And who knows, maybe this was an ultimate plan of his to point to this race, uh, to take a little bit of a break from Gulfstream Park, come up uh, and uh, train this horse up to its uh, prep race. And uh, this horse was 13 lengths back at the half-mile pole of Pimlico and ran away by two and a quarter uh, should be very interesting. I'll stop talking about him, Rich, so maybe we can get that 12 to 1. Yeah, I, I tell the folks that, uh, you know, sometimes uh, these three year olds just really grab a hold of the racetrack and, and really develop. For example, uh, last year, uh, Close Hatches won the uh, Kentucky Oaks, and she was like 30 to 1, and she turned out to be one of the best fillies of uh, her generation. And, you know, who knows? Maybe the nine, uh, Fortune Pearl, is, is a much better filly on dirt. Well, we're going to find out tomorrow because she's going to be a big price. and is a test for class. Well, over the 44 years that we've seen the Pimlico Special, some really great horses have run in that race. Um, this year's race, probably not as strong. I'd like to see more of a headliner in here. Um, the uh, the horse Moreno, who uh, you know put those match races in against Will Take Charge, uh, is in there uh, after its long layoff, and uh, I guess it had a slight injury. Uh, the Charlestown Classic wasn't a bad race at all against uh, the likes of Game On Dude, who ran second. Big upset in there with Imperative, a horse that's kind of drawn my eye here that had trouble in the Oakland handicap is revolutionary. I remember a year ago, I was really high on this horse coming into the Kentucky Derby, and uh, he ended up being on the shelf for a while. Uh, those two 
kind of right, raised to the top uh, for me. Uh, the Pimlico Special, older horses. Uh, we, we've got the one mystery horse uh, at Major King, I believe, a Korean bred that's coming in here with a record of uh, 13 starts and six wins, but it's earned over half a million dollars. So obviously, uh, a graded stakes winner uh, who has finished third in the Korean Derby. But I do think that Revolutionary and Moreno are probably the two headliners in here. How about you, Rich? Yeah, I'm pretty much of the same ilk on this race. This race, uh, handicapping-wise, is a lot different than the uh, uh, Black-Eyed Susan, uh, the Six Revolutionary. Uh, since the the Derby, so much promise, you know, so much talent, but you know, things have not gone his way. But you know, he has a chance to separate himself from his stablemate, Palos Malas, if he can get a win here, coming off a really good second in the Oakland handicap. And you know, there's enough handicap races where uh, Todd Butcher can keep the two separated. Uh, just shipping them, you know, back and forth and stuff like that. So this is a, a very talented colt. This might be the the, the, the spot to, to shine and, and really step forward. Well, like I said, I've always been a big fan of this horse. Uh, he is a come-from-behind horse. He's going to need a speed up front. And uh, I think Moreno will supply that, and probably uh, perhaps uh, Valid and Golden Lad will push him. Uh, but uh, those horses are going to have to get it busy up front, I think, for a revolutionary to put in his best race. But he's coming off a 102 buyer. Moreno's coming off a 102 buyer. How about this Valid coming up from Gulfstream Park? I don't know anything about his connections, but uh, he comes into the race with the highest speed figure with a 106, and it's not the first time he did that, although he might be a horse for course. He absolutely loves Gulfstream. You know, those two are probably going to determine how this race is run because they both look like they like the lead. Moreno, definitely, for sure. You know, Eric Gill is going to tell Joe Olvers, Era, the, the Gundy engine, this horse has softened up game on dude enough for everyone to get upset in the uh, Charlestown Classic. But Ballot's got a lot of speed, too, and it's coming out of a uh, seven furlong, one-turn sprint for win a half mile and 45. So I think the, that is the key to the race is what happens with these two if they look each other in the eye. Orlando Boca Chica and Joel Rosario, or one lets the other go and the other one uh, tries to sit second. And, uh, you know, the, the faster the pace, the better it is for closers like Revolutionary and some of the others. Well, like I said, I've, I've always pulled for this horse, and I'll, I'll probably be, be pulling for him uh, tomorrow, the Pimlico Special. So I want to remind people that uh, the races we're handicapping today, the Black Eyed Susan and the Pimlico Special will be run tomorrow, and the Preakness Stakes, of course, is Saturday, and uh, they're going to have a very uh, early uh, early post time. So if you want to play the whole card, get to wherever you want to go uh, early. Uh, Rich, has uh, got a couple minutes left. Just want to allude uh, rather uh, Quickly to um, Untappable's uh, Oaks. I mean, right now, without a doubt, I think she's the best in her generation. She's going to be a hard filly to catch later this year. Yeah, that was a breathtaking victory, uh, well within herself. I mean, she just destroyed that field. I actually love the the, the second horse, the uh, my Miss Sophia. She ran her eyeballs out and probably would have won uh, the Oaks on another day if it wasn't for Untappable. And at some point. Uh, she may have to face the boys. I could see it maybe happening in the Haskell or the Travers or something like that. But uh, if she just destroys everyone in her division, uh, Steve Asmussen might think he's got another Rachel Alexander and try the boys down the line. Well, I think it was wise of the Asmussen camp to uh, pass, pass the Preakness, give her a rest, and, and come back against the Phillies probably in New York later in the year. Rich, i got about a minute left, which tells me it's time to tell everybody how they get in touch with you and how they can get their hands on some of the books you've written. 
Yeah, let me start with, uh, you know, this is the time of year where a lot of newcomers uh, get involved and get interested in horse racing. Uh, my dummies book is called Betting on Horse Racing for Dummies. You can get it off uh, Amazon.com or your local bookstore, and uh, it's still it's still out there, folks. I sell a lot of books this time of year and around the Breeders' Cup, so Betting on Horse Racing for Dummies for, for newcomers to the game. And my work at the uh, Las Vegas Review-Journal is available online for free. Just go to lvrj.com and just go to the sports section. I'll have my handicap of the Southern California races and I have a Friday column, uh, a weekly column uh, in the newspaper. There'll be one tomorrow morning out there. I'm looking forward to it. I get it in my email every Friday. Rich Ng, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Love having you on the show, my friend. I really enjoyed it, John, and uh, I hope you're enjoying Bill Tara Park and uh, next time I'm back in Kentucky, I'm going to call you up, and you can take me around and show me uh, the new digs. I'll pick, I'll pick up the tab. You're going to eat like a king. That I can tell you. We've been talking uh, with, uh, with Rich Ng. Earlier, we were talking with Chris McCarron. want to remind everybody before we go off, go off air that we do have a Winning Pony Preakness Contest. It's free. Go to winningponies.com. Sign up. 150 bucks on top. Other than that, we've got winning credits for easy win forms, and you can also get a full-color Cody calendar from Curtis Cody. want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Keep tuning in. We love doing it for you. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.